Good morning to everyone. It's such a privilege and honor to be able to come and share God's word with you. Uh, it's my second time to this building. Uh, first time was not doing a worship, I was doing some recording up there in that uh, small room over there. And um, I've heard quite a bit uh, about this church, this community, and the Roxy Center through Paige and uh, Paul. Uh, thank you so much for all your faithful work, and uh, I'm excited. I'm, I feel uh, inspired by what's going on here, uh, the things that you are doing for the community in Acton. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm thrilled to be here today. And um, so I, I kind of prepared to uh, do some introduction about myself, but I, I guess Paul did that for me already. Uh, so maybe it's just uh, a, a few more words. Um, uh, before I worked with the district office, uh, I had worked as a pastor for 14 years in a Mandarin church in Hamilton. So I, I came from Hong Kong uh, 2005. So this is my 18th year here. And uh, uh, yeah, so for the past 18 years, I, well, my, well I, I'm still helping with many Chinese people uh, in my community and uh, a lot of people who came and uh, cannot speak English or don't feel comfortable using English as their worship medium. And uh, so we had a Mandarin church in Hamilton to specifically uh, minister to those uh, new immigrants who are more comfortable with using Mandarin. So that the church has just celebrated 30 years uh, anniversary. So we, well, I, I still attend the church uh, when I'm not going to different churches to preach. And uh, I'm very happy to be part of that um, ministry as well. Last week, I, maybe many of us uh, uh, did not realize was uh, quite an important um, day for um, the church calendar, actually. It was the uh, Pentecost Sunday. That was last Sunday. For so many years, I forgot about it, too. Uh, every time it's like, oh, yesterday was Pentecost. And I forgot to say anything about the Holy Spirit. So uh, I just talked with Paul and say, no, last week we did not do that. So this week, I'm going to say a few words about the Pentecost and specifically, I am going to um, use the chapter of uh, Acts chapter two um, that described the um, outpouring of the Holy Spirit to the church at that time. And many people would say that that was the birth of the church as we know it. Uh, before that, people were gathering around Jesus, but really a lot of people used it that day as the birthday of the church. So, uh, and there are a lot of different things that God has done on that day as described uh, in Acts chapter two. And a lot of them still have very, very important consequences for you and I, all right? Um, may, how, how many of you joined this community or joined this church within the last one year? Okay, quite a number of you, okay? And uh, how many of you uh, probably would consider yourself still kind of newer to this whole Christianity thing? 
Okay. So maybe it sounds like some of you came from other churches. All right. And uh, maybe some of you, I don't know. I, I, it's being live streamed too, right? There are some people on the, on, on the internet and uh, we can, can interact with you right now. Um, sorry? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, God is doing new things. God is doing new things. And he started, well, maybe we can say to a certain degree, on that day of Pentecost. And he has been doing this for a long time too. All right. Um, before we go into the, the words, maybe, let, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to understand what he wants us to say, what want us to learn. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for the scriptures. We thank you so much for the Holy Spirit. This is such a gift that we know that we are not alone here, living our lives here on earth, because Jesus, you have ascended, but you have also sent the Holy Spirit to us. So God, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, so that we can see and we can hear the things that you want us to learn and see, Lord. We dedicate the following time unto your hand. Please help us to know your heart. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing, there are a few things, few, few new things that I observed in this chapter. The first thing I think uh, I would say I would give a title for that point is uh, it's a new paradigm and God draws near to us. On the day of Pentecost, right, um, the Holy Spirit came down, all right, and how did the scripture describe it? Right, some people describe it as like, we see the Holy Spirit come down and it's like fire and then separated and landed on all the individuals there. All right, in a different place, we were told that there were about 120 people in that room praying. And then the, whole, the Holy Spirit came down. And uh, I, I can only imagine it was written in words form, so I, in my mind, translated into a comic strip. Right, uh, Holy Spirit into you know 120 small fire and landed upon the 120 people, and then people started speaking in languages uh, that people you know probably they themselves did not understand. But then people from different regions would come and say, "Hey, how come they are speaking our language?" So when that happened, uh, some, when when the Holy Spirit came down, something remarkable happened. So why did I say it's a new paradigm? Now, this happened um, days after Jesus died, right? Um, can you remember any, can you recall any uh, significant event when God also descended upon the earth and fire was involved in the Old Testament? Sorry? Burning bush? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm thinking about an event after that. 
Okay, that's good too. I'm thinking of event before that. <laughs> Elijah, that's good. Is there any fire? Fire, okay, fire a chariot, and uh, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> is to take him up, right? So God came down. Also, okay, give a hint. Moses. Moses. After the Red Sea event, God gave him ten commandments, and before that, what happened? There was fire. Let me read it to you. <laughs> Uh, Exodus 19, 18, just listen to me, okay? It's the Mount Sinai event. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from the furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. Right? So God descended, there was fire, all right? In uh, Acts chapter 2, there was God came down, there was fire as well. But what's the difference between the two? Let me continue reading Exodus. All right, in the Old Testament, this is what was recorded. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up and the Lord said to him, go down and warn the people so they do not force their way through to see the Lord and many of them perish. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves or the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, people cannot come up to Mount Sinai because you yourself warned us, put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. What's the, what, what's the feeling you got over there? It's like God is like, someone we cannot approach there's limit not even the priest can approach them whenever and and wherever they want right and then ask them warn them don't push their way through why because god is a god that is holy how about human we if we are being honest with ourselves we are not quite holy by nature we are sinful, we do bad stuff. So in the Old Testament, um, we have a, a paradigm where God is like somewhere up there and he only interacts with limited number of people, in this case, Moses, right? And the rest of the people is like, Moses, Moses, you go, you go. Uh, we are so scared. It's like fire, smoke, and everything. We don't want to go near that, all right? And we are not supposed to go near that because you set the boundary there. How about in Acts chapter 2? God descended. Fire did not land on Mount Sinai or the temple and landed where? Heads of the people and not just any people, landed on those people who had Jesus in their life. There were, they were with Jesus. Jesus just ascended to heaven, but he is still living in them. What, what's the, what's the, what was we see a, a scenario here. 
uh, New Testament, God is so near. He takes the initiative to come down to people. Whereas in the Old Testament, the old paradigm, people were separated from God. What happened in between? Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. So whoever believed in Jesus, whoever accepts him as their personal Savior and as their Lord, their sins have been forgiven. Their sins have been cleansed. And therefore, in some way, in a very true way, we who were originally sinful has become holy. And therefore, we can be close to the Lord. Now, many people, uh, myself included, never really appreciate this, right? Because sometimes we go to church, we take it for granted that, oh, we, we, we love you, God, and we can just come in and worship our Lord, and uh, we can pray to him whenever, wherever we want, we can. And sometimes we just forget the price that Jesus has paid for what we are enjoying now. Before that, I don't think that in the Old Testament, God does not, did not love people. Definitely, surely, he also loved the people, but the way it was done is different. But today, there is no more boundary. Just now, uh, our sister here said, what happened in the temple when Jesus died? The curtain break. It was torn from top to bottom. And what was the purpose of that curtain? The curtain was to separate people from God. But when Jesus died, at that very moment, the curtain was broken, was torn. And that's a very important symbol that the barrier between people, human being, and God has been torn down. On the day of Pentecost, all with Jesus, we have entered into a new paradigm where God actually takes the initiative to come and draw near to us. We maybe, we, we tried our best sometimes to try to seek him. And no matter how smart we are, no matter how wise we are, without him actually coming to seek us, there's no way we can find him. All right, philosophers have tried, many smart people have tried, no way, All right? If the person or the God himself did not come and with reveal himself. So probably the first thing we can appreciate is that we are in a new paradigm where God takes the initiative to draw near to us. What a wonderful concept. Then we also see something else that is new, a new power that God has given us, All right? Um, Jesus, right before he, he left the disciples and ascended to, to the heaven, he, he told them, uh, oh man, I'm getting old. Um, getting <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
we saw these people speaking in different languages, right? Um, there were Jewish people who were spread all over and they lived in different places and they just like, just like the Chinese, right? When we, 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 we live everywhere on earth. <laughs> and when, for example, for, for myself, when I come to Canada, apart from my own mother tongue, Cantonese, now I have to learn to speak English, right? So when you speak English, I can understand. When I speak, you understand me, all right? So that was kind of what happened with the Jewish people. They were spread all over in the area and they lived in different regions. So um, apart from the uh, Hebrews that they were speaking, uh, they also learned the local language. So all these people during this Pentecost day, they came here to Jerusalem, all from different places. If you go back, you will see all the different places they, they talked about. They came and then they see, hey, these people, aren't they Galileans? They, they, why, why, is, why is he speaking my language, right? They are not speaking in Hebrew, they are speaking in the language that where I am living, right? Oh, and then all these people here, Wow, this is wonderful. This is amazing. They didn't understand. Some people mock, say, oh, they are drunk, right? And then Peter stood up. No, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Nobody's get drunk, right? I don't know. Nowadays, maybe some people get drunk at nine o'clock. But uh, <laughs> that time, apparently, no. So it's too early for being drunk. So this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And then he came, went on and explained. So this is... Definitely something that is supernatural, something that we cannot comprehend, right? To some extent, I believe at the heart of Christianity, there is something supernatural, right? Sometimes it may be things that I just described. There are people whom I know who can speak in languages that they don't understand, all right, there are people who have um, the experience of speaking in a language that they don't understand, but then when someone else came in and say, hey, how come he's speaking my language? This uh, does not happen every day, but well, that was just described and, and I have actually experienced that and I have actually seen it and heard stories about that. That was, uh, and I have no reason to doubt those, those stories. And, uh, witnesses and um, this is really signs to help people to see uh, God talking about signs uh, how many of you have uh, actually have the unfortunate experience of entering into a supermarket and then you find yourself I need the washroom have you yeah <laughs> I just experienced a few weeks ago it's like I went into metro and said uh, where's the washroom? So what do I look for? Washroom signs, right? Yeah, I look for the signs and then, okay, I see the signs. Uh, will I be happy with the signs itself? Probably no. But the sign is just a sign. Okay, what I want is what the signs point toward to. <laughs> right? I go, oh yeah, 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 I found the washroom signs. No, I need the washroom itself, all right? Signs. All these miracles, 
by the way, in the uh, New Testament, the Greek word miracles is also the word for signs. And uh, miracles itself, all this wonderful thing, not just for the sake of making us feel awe. It's like, oh, wow, all these signs. No. <laughs> the signs or the miracles, what's the function? It's to point you toward God. Not the washroom, but God. <laughs> right? What you want is not just the sign itself. You want God. Because God is the one who did all this wonderful thing. And sometimes the signs, the miracles themselves are wonderful too. Right? Uh, healing and people getting freed. Um, there are all sort of wonderful things, right? And all these are good, and we love all this too, right? In my own church, uh, there were so many cases where people were sick, and there was one lady who was diagnosed with uh, cancer, and um, the doctor said, you, sorry, you only have six more months to live. And um, so this lady was uh, a single mom. Uh, her husband left her many years ago, and um, uh, she had, uh, at that time, I think seven or eight-year-old daughter, same, same age as my daughter at that time. Um, so we're, the whole community were trying to care for her and pray for her, and uh, uh, I helped her to make a will uh, uh, with the lawyer. Uh, my wife and I were actually making plans after she passed away, uh, we'll adopt her daughter and uh, take her into my own family. And so we were making all this uh, preparation and stuff. Uh, then we started praying. And this lady herself would say, hey, I have a feeling that God would heal me. God would heal me. And then many of us like, hmm, okay, we love to believe that, but doctor just said you have six months, right? And then, uh, and then as we begin to pray for her, I myself and my wife also had this unexplainable kind of sensation that, yeah, God is going to heal her. So we took that and we pray, continue to pray in faith and cut the long story short. You know, in, many cancer has some uh, blood index, right, where you can check. And for some reason, uh, the cancer index just went down. And uh, she received, or the doctor actually tried to give her chemotherapy. Uh, but then the first time she received the chemotherapy, she almost died because she was allergic to that uh, drug. So chemo didn't really work. Uh, or didn't really get into her system. Uh, but all this cancer index came down. And then she went for a scan again. A lot of the tumors were gone, except for two. And then uh, a surgery was, was arranged and cut her open, take out all those tumor, and took for some lab tests. And the doctor came back and tell us, we have never seen anything like this. The tumor that we took out, the cancer cell, were all dead cells. And that happened pre-COVID. Uh, I can't even remember, maybe 2016, 17. 
Today she's still living. And uh, yeah, so God does wonderful thing. All right, and we, our church, were all encouraged. God is still at work today, and He works miracles. And we try ourselves, you know, try very hard not to just, oh God, this, we want more miracles. We want more miracles. Of course, we want more miracles. That's okay. Uh, but we always have to remind ourselves that miracles themselves are great, but they are but signs. We need to look to where the signs is pointing toward to, and we want Jesus Himself. And all this wonderful signs, all this speaking in tongues, Peter stood up and explained to them, "Hey, this is but signs, right? What you need to do is to repent." And get baptized so that you can get saved. Because what you are seeing now is the work of God, and we need to go to God Himself and not staying at the uh, staying in awe and oh, what this wonderful thing! God is giving us power to do this, right? It did not just stop two thousand years ago. Today, I just shared one story just now, and God is still using the church to do to release His power. Right? Sometimes it's a medical healing, sometimes it's a spiritual release or delivery deliverance. Some people are uh, disturbed by evil spirits, demons, and Jesus Christ has the power to cast them out, and that authority has been given to. People like you and I, you and I have the authority and have the power to cast out demons as well, and、um, so this is still happening, and、uh, I I do this quite often, so and it's wonderful to see how people's life has been turned around and how people get freed, and、um, so Pentecost really is it marks the beginning of this new power. And it continues until today. The last thing I want to say is that you and I have been called into a new kingdom, a new kingdom.、Um, before Pentecost, uh, Jesus, uh, before he ascended, he spent the scripture told us he spent forty days talking with all his disciples about the kingdom of God. And the teachings, right? And just before Jesus ascended, you know what the disciples was asking him? He said, "Hey, Jesus, is it the time for you to restore the kingdom to Israel?" Think about it. Jesus was talking about kingdom of God, right? It's like a very big concept. And then all these disciples. Israelites, they were still thinking, "Hey, how about the kingdom of Israel? Right? Hey, we we want to be restored. Their mind is so narrow that they are just still thinking about themselves. Now, it's easy for us to poke fun at them and say, 'All these people are so narrow-minded.' But hey, before we bother them, we have to understand 
that they have been thinking about that for their whole lives and not just their own life, but generations before that. By Jesus' time, they have lost their kingdom. They have lost the country was not even a country, Israel. And they have lost it for a few hundred years. And they have been waiting days and nights for God to send Messiah to come down and restore this kingdom. So when they see that Jesus is the Messiah, their concept is really thinking about restoration of their kingdom. When they see the word Messiah, it's very different from the way you and I see it. All right? We won't even think about, oh, restore, uh, make Canada great again, you know, that kind of idea. No, for them, it's a very political thing, all right? But, you know, that's why when Jesus was talking about kingdom of God, they were just thinking about Israel's kingdom. Brothers and sisters, you and I, probably have become a Christian at some point in your time. And before you became a Christian, you probably were so fixated on certain idea, certain thing that you were seeking or certain thing that you are going after. Right? I became a Christian when I was 14, 14 year old. And for the first 14 years of my life, I was taught a certain values, right? You need to study hard, you need to work hard, you need to get a good, uh, good grades and get into a good school, get into a good room, get a good wife, get a good job, and blah, 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 all right? And the definition of success was defined by the world, mostly by my parents and uh, by the society. And when I became a Christian, for the longest time, my thinking, my worldview, my definition of success was still somewhat fixated on values that was outside of the kingdom of God. It took me a long time to slowly change all this thinking. And if I'm allowed to be honest with you, even until today, I am still a work in progress. I am still constantly being reminded by God that, hey, this is how I see the kingdom of God. This is how I see success. This is how I see love. This is how I see a human being, you know, how he or she is supposed to live. And sometimes, because I still live in a world that is somewhat tainted by sin, very tainted by sin, actually. And uh, in, on some days, I am still being affected by them. That's why you and I, we need to constantly spend time with the Lord. Every Sunday, we come to church. Every day, I encourage you to spend time reading God's word and communicating with God and he will constantly remind you and transform you and change you into an image that he originally designed us to be which is the image of God image of Jesus and 
This is not a one-time and done deal. This is a lifelong process. God has called us into this new kingdom. So I'll finish with this, this passage uh, that describes a little bit how this new kingdom looks look like, or one version of it at least. At the end of that chapter, it describes the early church. Right? This is how the church or the kingdom of God could look like. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Just want to highlight a few things. They devoted themselves to four things. The apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, which is what we will do later, which is a remembrance of Jesus and what he has done for us on the cross. And fourth, to prayer. Brothers and sisters, before we enter the church, before we join this community, before we enter the kingdom of God, we did not do all this. We did not pray. We did not care about fellowship. We might care about a few people in our, in our family, but fellowship with other people, nah, not so much. And we did not care about the apostles' teachings. We did not care about what God had to say, right? And certainly we did not care about breaking of bread, Jesus. But now we have been called into this new kingdom. And uh, yeah, God's teaching, fellowship with one another, breaking of bread, and prayer become our new values. And I am so glad and excited and inspired by what you guys are, what, what you guys are doing, right? You do so much to help people in Acton to know Jesus, to know the love of God, and you yourselves help with help each other and you yourself have fellowship with one another and you gather every sunday to listen to the teaching of god and i'm sh i hope um, it does not only happen on sunday uh, you also read the words of god on your own or other through other bible studies i don't know what programs you guys have but all these are a reflection of this new kingdom to which you and I have been called. So brothers and sisters, God is still doing new things. Every day is new. And our lives are still continuously being changed, being transformed. We have entered a new paradigm 
where we can draw near to God and God took the initiative to draw near to you and I. And we have been given access to this new power and we can learn how to use this. And you and I have been called into this new kingdom. So let's celebrate and let's give thanks to the Lord. And this is wonderful. And we can live with an expectancy that more wonderful things are going to happen, not only in your own life, not only in this community, but in Acton and beyond, because God loves every one of you. And there are people out there who still need God's love. And it is us. God has chosen to use us to share this with people. Let's pray.